Welcome everyone to another episode of Behind the Human. I'm your host, Mark Champagne, and it's my job to unpack these stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game, personally and professionally. Today we have Elizabeth Ralph on the show, who is a high-level wealth strategist and intuitive investor who retired at the age of 39 in order to teach others how to reach financial freedom through non-traditional ways. Elizabeth marries accessible financial education with the nuances of energy and intuition to create confident, aligned investors. She helps individuals reshape their perspectives on wealth, rewrite their money narratives, and redirect their financial future with consistent income that grants them more time and energy to focus on the deeper purposes of their work and the things that truly light them up. Who are you? Uh, Unconditional love in every moment I can be, you know, Mm. which is, uh, I think, actually really a foundation of money. I think, you know, money, like, I think we're kind of bridging two worlds, you know, we're kind of living in the new paradigm, but then we have the old conditioning of the old paradigm and we're trying to figure out like, how do I exist and like actually go out there and do things in the world? And how do I, you know, have my energy where I can go and put that out into the world? Yet you've got all these things like that your parents taught you or like fear money or scarcity or all that. And so, you know, that that space of uh, unconditional love, which is basically how can we show up in every moment needing nothing and receiving all the spiritual principle, applying that to money, being able to position yourself so that you are, even if you're not at financial independence yet, just the moving towards it creates that momentum. And that's kind of you know, uh, what I help people do is like not only get into the mindset from for it, but also what are the action steps? Because I think that's kind of like the gap out there. It's like you can feel good about money, but then you can't sit in the chair all day like, you know, yeah. or something, right? <laughs> you got to do something. So um, bringing it down in, ex- in an accessible way that's, that's, you know, and people say, okay, you know, I'm not interested in, I know I'm not good with numbers. I'm not interested in investing, things like that. Well, but you're interested in freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And you're, and you're interested. Yeah. And I, I guess you can attach, like I just, and this is probably, these are probably limiting beliefs on my side as well that have been just pre-programmed, but just, I think of money and the, the default as much as I don't want it to be the default is stress. Like I, I think of, oh, I'm mm-hmm. make sure I'm good here. Right. Even, even I, I think even when I wasn't in the entrepreneurial world and I mean, I just didn't even understand how this, this realm worked at that point, at that point and was in what you would, I guess, call quote unquote, a pretty stable, well-paying corporate job. Um, but even if I think back, like if I look at some of my own journals, there was always something, there was always something like, okay, well, maybe I'd fire up this little side photography job to bring in a little extra money for X or something. Right. And if I think of those days now, I said, my God, like that was pretty stable income coming in and benefits and all this stuff. Right. So I'm just, I'm rambling a little bit because I, I want to come back to that because I, I think we should set some, some context first. I just, I'd love to know your story. Like I'm assuming you never, you didn't always have this relationship with wealth and spirituality and energy and something happened or there was there was a journey there that got you to this point. Can you just give us a little context on on the backstory? Yeah. 
Well, you know, it's interesting because I do feel like, I mean, I honestly feel like I was, I was put here to really do this. I feel like uh, it's my kind of piece in the chain to help spiritual people become wealthy because I do believe in the future, the people with the greater consciousness are also going to be the most wealthy people. Because mm-hmm. I believe as we're opening our consciousness, that's that's where the money is flowing. Um, and so I have always had, uh, I would say, inhabited a, a different frequency with money. I have always felt money. I've always felt like it flowed through me. Um, I haven't had a lot of fears around money. However, this does not mean I've always, at every point in my life, had money. And I think that's what is important for people because just because you might be in a situation now where you're in a trough or you're like, oh my God, my cost of living equals my income or what the hell am I doing? That does not mean that you're still not on path to become wealthy. I mean, when I started out, I was early thirties and you know I had $15,000 in credit card debt. And I think I was making like 21,000 that year or something. Okay. It was a little nothing, you know? And then uh, I ended up uh, going into corporate and then I worked on a, a trading floor. And then I decided, you know, I was actually traveling in Australia and I, I decided I was like, you know, I just don't want to be stuck in this corporate situation for the next 20 years. And I could see the writing on the wall that like, it was like high income, high spending, you know that, right? Yeah. Yeah. All the time. And I was like, I don't want to get stuck in that rat race. So I'm like, okay, I, you know, obviously I have the financial knowledge. I'm going to put together a plan. So then what I did is I put together a financial plan and it was it was going great. I was buying rental properties in San Diego at a time when they were half off. I mean, it was just like great. And uh, but then I got like I got so depressed. I was like, I just I would come home after the job and, you know, I mean, it was 12 hours on the training floor, but I would just lie down. Uh, we had French doors in the bedroom and I would just lie down like in front of the sun and I would just cry. I just couldn't even take it. And I was like, there's no way because my plan was going to be 10 years. I'm like, I can't make it. I can't mm-hmm. make it. And what really struck me is it had nothing to do with money. It was that I felt like I was going into the corporate job, but I felt like in order to keep doing that, like a part of me had to die. Like that part of me that wanted to be authentically me, that part of me that didn't want to sit in meetings all day, that part of me that, that knew deep down that I was supposed to be doing something different. And so I think that it becomes kind of convoluted sometimes. Is it about money or is it about what we truly want? And, you know, what's the intersection point? Well, shortly after that, um, a very good friend of mine, he, he's from India and he ended up joining our team and he was kind of, you know, awkward and, you know, funny. And we had, we just laughed together. And so we were fast friends and he and I just every day just like helped each other. I helped him culturally integrate and he helped me. And we'd been the spiritual element and that's when the two merged. And that was really, you know, around that time, like, I think it was like 34 or something and it accelerated it. And so I was able to actually leave corporate earlier, which is why I started the spiritual investor. Cause I'm like, and I, and I wasn't even going to do this. I was not even going to teach people money after I left. Um, I was going to write fiction. And then oh, was, interesting. <laughs> yeah. I was at a kid's birthday party and someone's like, can you help me with my money? I'm like, no, I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and then she sent me a message and uh, she had bought a log cabin in Big Bear and and it was really a touching oh, letter Beautiful. that she said, my two kids are going to get to grow up um, having memories in this cabin. And, you know, you've changed your life. And I was like, oh, God, well, that, I guess that's a sign from the universe, right? So, yeah. 
So I ended up starting the spiritual investor after that. But um, when I started the spiritual investor, and I'm kind of you know getting along with this, but I, I want people to understand that when I started my business, even though I feel like I, I you know, money flows through me. It really does. I have always had money for the most part, and I'm I always will have money. I have a strong belief in that. But I didn't make money when I first started my business. I struggled for about two years with it. Thankfully, I had built up assets and I was able to kind of like, you know, push my way through it. But the reason I didn't make money had nothing to do with my relationship with money, though. It had to do with the fact that I wasn't being transparent. I wasn't showing up as my full self. I was showing up, but I was hiding. Like I was like, I was like nervous. I was like, what should I say? Or I'm going to say the wrong thing or whatever. So I was blocking money through that. Uh, after that, the, the whole business opened up and now it's just like, I mean, it's accelerating like crazy, but, um, that's, that is kind of the, uh, the roundabout. Uh, but like I said, it, it's not a straight linear curve. Like people think that goes straight into the sky. And I really want to share those with people because I want people to give themselves some grace on this, that, uh, you're still in the mix and you're still going to be wealthy, even if you don't feel wealthy today. I'm glad you ended. I, I mean, I have so many questions. It's, thank you for the context. It's, it's super helpful. But that last point, it was is one of the big questions I, I had or links to that. And, and it's just, you've said a couple of times that that money for you has always flowed. And it, like in terms of, I think, your mindset or the, uh, I guess, the energy and the feeling of that, even though those first couple of years you weren't making money. But how did you, because I feel how do I ask this? You probably know where I'm going with this. I mean, I'll just ask and we can, we can, we can play with it. But like, how did you, how did you navigate or coexist in those two worlds? Cause often I find it, first of all, I don't think the norm is that, that money just naturally, like the, the feeling of having money just naturally flows for people. I, I would say most people, um, and I put myself in this, this camp are, you know, like the highs and lows and when they're in the, in a low of questioning, uh, financial, you know, financial health and kind of where they're at, it's hard to access whatever you're describing as feeling like money is flowing. So I'd love to know a little bit more if there's uh, how you help people or how you've, you know, navigated that, that situation. Yeah. Well, I think the first thing is money is, the energy of money is really no different than some of the amazing stuff you talk about, like mental fitness and all of that, right? And so I think the the first mistake that people make is thinking that money is something you do because money is actually a practice. And mm-hmm. so like people keep thinking, okay, well, if I do this, right, if I go and I open the account or if I look at my money and I figure out how to save $100 a month or whatever, those are action items that we do that actually have no energetic connection to who we are and who we truly want and our value system. So the first thing that I do when I teach money is I have people bring money right in to them, right? It's like it becomes part of you. It becomes a practice and teaching them how to feel money. Part of the way that I do that is through money neutrality. So like looking at where are the cycles that you have with money now, how can you actually, it's not about fixing those cycles, but it's like, how can you gently exit out of that cycle? Almost like, it's almost like elevating yourself to a state of presence 
But then on the heels of that, you had the money practice. And mm-hmm. then on the heels of that, you had the action, you have the doing. Because then you're you're then you're doing, because I mean, we're all we're all on certain frequencies, right? So you come in to the work and you're on a certain frequency and you have a certain set of opportunities around you, right? It's kind of like you're in a room and it's kind of like a set opportunity. Yeah. Well, like you walk into a billionaire room, what are the difference in the opportunities, right? It's like the frequency, the vibe, everything. So it's like it, you it's if you can raise your frequency first before you try and jump in and do all the things that you probably don't want to do anyways and they contain a lot of resistance because you've been avoiding them. If you can do that, then what happens is you're 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 actually accessing a different decision point, a different level of opportunities and you can create momentum from there and kind of go from gotcha. there. Are there some are there some staple practices or actions that you find are, are helpful to raise that frequency when people are kind of just getting started? Yeah. I mean, you know, just thinking about myself. So going back to the example of, let's say when I wasn't making money, right. Cause this may be relevant to, to people now. Um, two things really come to the surface for me, which is one, I do not believe in it, that there is a direct connection from when I'm actually talking to someone, let's say like a potential client or something, and then they're going to pay me to join the program or something. I don't believe that that I that I get money directly from them. I believe that I go out, I provide value, and every single thing that I do, I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's you know just sitting with one person in the room or speaking to 250,000 same amount of value. It's full flow because that's my only job. My Mm. only job is to manage my energy and to have full flow. As long as I'm doing that job, I am in full alignment with universal flow of money. Therefore, I can drop the rudimentary connection of money comes from, from this place. Money comes from that person, all of that. Because if you think about it, those are those are limited beliefs anyways. They like totally are. You're right. That's one of the things we do. And that's one of the things billionaires don't do is they they never limit where the money's going to come from. In fact, it's like, how creative can I be? So one of the things I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get people out of their circumstances and into the creativity of money. So I would say that is definitely the first thing. The second thing is changing your relationship with debt. Because debt is actually abundance. People feel so bad about debt that it's like they're swimming across a river with like a backpack of rocks or something. Like you, 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 someone thought enough of you to actually give you money so that you could do something. And you just have to be real with yourself that you got something from it. Mm-hmm. You know? So I think, I think that's part of it as well. Um, not feeling like it needs to happen in a certain way. It goes back to that. That's why I can't, I can't separate like the 3D money from the spiritual principles, the quantum, because it's like, to me, they're, they're all one in the same. Like, um, it's just that I think the difference is I bring them together. If you know what I mean? Like, I feel like money manifestation is amazing and it makes you feel good. But I feel like we're we're kind of done with that. We're ready for a more advanced conversation, which is how can you leverage that energy and then actually go out into the world and do the things that you've been avoiding? Because it's actually the things that you've been avoiding are costing you more. 
Like mm-hmm. that, that's the bottom line. Like you could have, you could have literally bought just about any stock three years ago and made money. I mean, it's not rocket science, you know, it's just yeah. the avoiding of doing it that's costing. Yeah. It's so, it's so interesting. Cause I mean, there, this is where it really links to a lot of the mental fitness stuff that, that, that I do. And the question that I ask myself often is, you know, like, what am I hearing in the whispers? Yeah. And but I don't ask that question from a money perspective, right. which, you know, is, is interesting. Um, there's work to be done over here, Elizabeth. <laughs> I, I do want to ask you, though, going back to how your, some of the stuff that you shared earlier, like how did, your, how did your questions change from the first time you did that 10-year plan to when you got to the point where you, you realized the spiritual aspect was, was missing? And I'm assuming you spent some time kind of realigning or adjusting that 10-year plan. Yeah. What kind of questions were you asking or reflecting on? Well, uh, my action items in the very beginning was very numbers-based. I mean, I pretty much lived in a spreadsheet, right? I was like, you know, analyzing these rental properties and, you know, how much money I was going to make monthly off of these and blah, blah, blah. Because that was my goal was monthly cash flow. Um, mm-hmm. But that, that didn't work. And so uh, one of the things that I did was... I started spending money on things that I enjoyed. I bought an Airstream and I swear to God, I don't know if I would have gotten through corporate if I did, if I wasn't able to get to come home on a Friday night and actually get in the Airstream and my wife would have everything all done, ready, set, like the trucks on everything. And then we'd stay until Sunday night, right? Yeah. Those kind of things. I think you like money strategy is also about what's going to light you up and give you the momentum to get through. It's not, let me spend, 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 and then get like a high of like spending and feel good. It's like really being intentional about that and feeling good about that. And it's, you know, it's interesting because what I did was when I bought the Airstream, I'm like, well, let me look up Airstream stock. And so I did, and I looked at this company called Thor and I ended up buying it and the the value of that stock has now paid for half of the airstream. <laughs> okay. So, it's the creativity of it, right? Yeah. You kind of, you have to let yourself go with it. And you brought up an amazing point, which is we categorize our lives in different sections. We have relationships a certain way. We show up there. We have, right, our mental fitness. We have all of this stuff and money is in this category. If you can bring money in and like invite it in and start actually applying the personal evolution that you're doing in other parts of your life, if you can actually start applying it to that and going back to what you asked me, which is what are the questions? One of the big things that changed for me was I started taking the responsibility back on myself. I started, I stopped looking to the outside world. Like if my bonus was less that year, I stopped looking at why did the company give me less of a bonus that year? You know, Mm. it's like, you know how it is like, the, the moment that you actually can start to put responsibility back on yourself, what you do is you cut entanglements and you become free. So how do we, I, I mentioned this at the, before we started recording, I think, and this is probably a good place to do this, that it would be, I think it's, this conversation provides a good opportunity to just like level set, you know, for all of us that could use a little upgrade in mm-hmm. thinking around the topic and everything that you've already mentioned. How would, like, how do we start? Like, what's, what would be the, some of the, whether they're questions or some practices or some things to, to leave us with to think about, like, what's, 
what's the starting point? Yeah. Well, uh, let's take let's take one for an example. So the starting point would really be what are the beliefs that you hold about money that you feel are just so strong within you? It's almost like you can't separate it from your value system. You know, like uh, mm. with with some people, it's investing is risky. And they yeah. were taught that as a child or their mom or dad or somebody said that, right? Well, so you have to actually start to look at, sort of peel back the layers on that and go, well, is investing risky? I mean, if you look at the stock market over the last 100 years, it's always gone up hmm. over yeah. time, right? If you look at over the 10 years, it's gone up, what, like 150% over the last 10 years. Even this year, it's gone up 15%, right? And that's just almost doing nothing. Like, And I say, especially the people that are listening to your podcast, they're, they're not slackers, right? They're like, no. they, wa- they want to like be above average. So, I mean, if 15% is average, imagine what you could do when you're, when you're really, really energetically connected to it, right? So if you look at it that way, um, then you can't help but see that the riskiest move of all is actually relying on earned income because earned income requires you to go out and trade more of your time and energy. And it requires a decision from someone else for you to put food on your table. And so it's like, we have to call bullshit on ourselves because Mm -hmm. these things that we're holding in, especially with money, because money goes down deep as far as fear and scarcity. That's why I love working with money because it's like, you actually, you know, you think he, I think, you know, we're all into like this personal evolution and we're moving forward and all that, which is amazing. But I think people are fooling themselves if they think they can leave money aside because you can't leave something that is energetic, like a dark corner and be like, Ooh, I don't want to do that. Like I'm yeah. just be this amazing person over here, but I'm going to leave it over there. So you have to actually start looking at those things that are not keeping you safe. I guarantee you 90% of your money beliefs right now are actually just keeping you small. That's it. Yeah. yeah. And and planted by others, not ourselves. Exactly. Somehow, right? We've inherited it. Yeah. Yeah. So is it, is one approach to, I, I mean, I guess just sit down, grab a pen and paper and start journaling, like, pull, pull, like really be honest with ourselves and pull the beliefs out of our minds, see them on the page. And then from there, I mean, what I would do, uh, but, but this is, this is your, your show, your flow, but I would do some sort of like mental fitness ritual, like burn that page or let like some sort of releasing of, okay, like let's clean the slate, um, and start fresh. Uh, but what do you do? Well, I think you, I think it's a really good place to start to figure out what are you avoiding? Cause I think it's hard to read, to see what our beliefs are. Cause it's like that you can't read the label from outside the, from inside the jar. Right. So yeah, it's yeah. like, I think it's like everyone's avoiding doing something or another way to approach it is what do you feel like you're not good at? Because that's also been sold to you, right? Like you don't have to be a financial wizard in order to make money in the stock market or invest or, or, you know, expand money, because that's basically what you're doing, whatever you invest in. The name of the game, all you're really trying to do, and this is like, this sounds so simple, but it's seriously, 
the only thing you need to do to become wealthy is to actually start looking at where is the money coming in. So some of you aren't clear on the cash in and cash out. And that is what that's doing is it, it's you're walking around with a low level stress all day long, even if you say that you're not. That stress has been normalized within your body, so you can't, it's invisible, right? Mm-hmm. So if you don't know your cash in and cash out, I'm not talking about like every dollar, but for the most part, familiar, like a knowingness about it, then that clarity for some people is, is exactly what they need to get the momentum going. Um, some people come in, there's different entrance points though, because then you also get the people who are like diligent with money management, yet they can't bring in any more money, you know, yeah. and then that then that becomes their cycle, right? So knowing the cash in and cash out, and then going, what percentage, even if it's 1%, and if someone says I can't do 1%, then again, I'm going to call you on that because if if the government were to raise your taxes by 1%, you'd figure it out. So why can't yeah. you figure it out for yourself, right? So even if it's 1%, what are you going to do to expand that money? And instead of looking at it like, it's investing. It's a black box. I don't know how to do it. It's so difficult. What if you looked at it like that 1% is my gift and how can I energetically expand it? No different than when you call in energy through the mm-hmm. practices that you teach and all of that, like have it be the same. And then it becomes something that you feel closer to that is a part of you. Then it becomes part of your story. You know, you talk about it and, and it sort of, it kind of like opens things up. Does that I make love sense? That. Oh yeah. I, I absolutely love that. And I also find, like I find, I have found this personally as well, where whether it's, you know, uh, a vacation or something, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what the item is. I mean, it's more the relationship, but something that I know either for myself or my family will put us energetically in a better place that may financially seem like, ah, it's going to be a little bit of a, a stretch st- a stretch right now, but it always seems to work out and comes back kind of tenfold because we feel better, you know, like there's something yes. there, right? And all of a sudden it's like, it, it, it just kind of like what you described, it's like, well, I should check the stock of Airstream, right? Or like there's a new idea that comes out because all of a sudden, I don't know, let's use an example, like you you buy a Peloton bike or something like that. And yeah. like now you're you're moving and while you're doing those rides, you're clearing out your mental debt and so forth, right? And and next thing you know, you've, you've paid for that bike uh, tenfold. I mean, I'm not suggesting to spend irresponsibly, but I'm talking about those moments where it feels like, maybe I should like, there, there's a, there's a push, I guess you could Probably. say, or it doesn't feel super comfortable. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly right. And even just, you know, buying that bike, like I would encourage uh, people to, if you're, it, again, it goes back to the responsibility. So you want to buy the bike and you know, it's going to make you feel better. Well, what you've done in the past is you've bought the bike and then you feel better, but then Potentially what can happen is you start to feel bad about it's on your credit card or something like that, right? So you're sort of like, it's like this wonderful thing, but then there's like this drag effect on it. Mm. So I would go ahead and I would address the drag because you know yourself. So can you sell three things that are already in the garage that maybe it's not going to pay for the bike, but that's something different that you wouldn't have done before? Because then what you're doing is you're breaking that cycle. You are acting from that higher frequency 
that's a different decision point, different opportunities. You see what I'm saying? Yes. You're grabbing from the bigger room that way, and you're going to feel better. And that momentum is going to cause that next decision and that next decision. And that's why money is a practice. That's why, like, I mean, people come into the program. I've had people go through it eight times because they come back to it because they're at a different place in their life, right? It's like, come back to it. And it's like, you got to have a, you got, it is easier with a structured environment. So I would say like create the practices for yourself or something, the journaling, something like that. Like a consistent practice with bringing yourself back to this is key because you don't want to rubber band back and then you feel worse either. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. There's so what for you personally, how have your money practices evolved? Like what are some of the, what are the non-negotiables for you or the check-ins that you use or I don't know if there's certain uh, situations or use cases where you're like, okay, this is in these moments, this is something that I can do to, again, like reframe the situation or, or, you know, vibrate on a higher frequency. Yeah. Well, non-negotiable for me is always moving towards greater diversification. So um, diversification is actually the thing that um, it's funny because people talk a, a lot about safety with money and they think having more money in savings is it's I'm not saying it's not safe, but it's still that's a limited quantity, right? Diversification is unlimited because uh, what always happens is the economy shifts and then there's one asset that's not making money and then there's another asset that's making money. And so the more diversified you are, the more you're mitigating your risk. And then what happens is you become untouchable. And this is yeah. and wealthy people, they use this all the time, right? So that that is a non-negotiable to me because I'm constantly asking myself, in what new ways can I diversify? But that also goes in line with where I want to put my energy right now too. I never go into an investment that feels like it's going to be um, a ton of work. It's going to have to dredge through it or whatever. And my wealth plan, which I'm actually on the third phase of my wealth plan. It's interesting. You know, I started that that first okay. one back there and then I went through a different one when I started the business. And now I'm on a totally different one because now I'm 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 more focused on um, farmland, like earning income from farmland. Which eventually in the future, when I'm when things kind of dial down, I'll get more into like the organic farming kind of thing. But I, so I'm always yeah. like thinking like, okay, how is this asset going to benefit now? But how is this asset going to be there for the future as well? Um, a lot of the stocks I I have you know moved over to impact investing, which is like going in line with your value system. Um, and also my cost of living, I've dropped my cost of living recently. And that's the thing, like most people think that there's one way to become wealthy is to earn more income. And that is so limited because most people make money their entire lives and don't build wealth. I mean, we mm -hmm. see that we see people who've bought millions in over their lifetime and they still not, they're not wealthy. Right. So we know that, that yeah. that's not true. Um, cost of living income, investing, creativity, even personal development. Because if you are showing up energetically in a higher vibration, like just neutral, your energy is not going to change when you're negotiating something, you're talking about something. Think about how I call it being the money conduit. Think of how much more of a money conduit you are without putting in more effort. And so all of this stuff continues to, to tie back together. So in terms of myself, one of my money practices is actually my own energy management. 
and yeah. um, that, that something like? that, I, that I definitely keep in check with that. Uh, as far as my own money management, the cash in, cash out, I am actually, this is really funny because I'm not a detailed person. And that's, you know, I also bring that up because I, I want people, I want to sort of like, like invite people in who are creatives and who don't want to be structured and who don't want to like have people tell them what to do. I want to invite you in that there is a way to, to creatively, you can move bigger pieces of money around and have a really good understanding and actually have a big vision of money without having to like log into an app every single day and check your account. Like if that's your personality, then that's great. But I never encourage people to go against who they are, you know? Mm, yeah. What sparks, you, you said you're on your third kind of major plan. What what sparks a review for you? And like, how, what does that look like? Just practically speaking is do you, like I'm, I'm, I'm ref, kind of referencing this uh, or linking this to almost like goal setting, you know, at a certain part of the year. And then for me, like there's a, there's a flow, there's a process, there's some like key, kind of key questions that I typically ask myself. Um, and then, you know, there's a plan that's kind of, uh, that that is exported out of that. So for you with a wealth plan in this third stage, like what does that what does that look like? Well, you know, I I set goals in a really in a very different way. Actually, I can imagine. I knew that was coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the first things I have people do when they come in. I have them design their timeline, uh, say what they want, and then the, completely scrap the the way of setting goals because. The moment that we say, I want to make $10 million this year, the next on the heels of that is what? Oh, no, I don't know how to make $10 million this year, right? Which is like, okay, great, you've got this goal. It's like, oh, God, resistance, yeah. right? You know? <laughs> yeah. so, uh, to me, the the dollar amount is simply the framework. It's like the scaffolding around the house. And as soon as I've set that dollar amount, then I'm done with it. Like that, that can go away. Because the, yeah. all the dollar amount is going to do is it's going to set where I'm going to focus my energy and my intentions and what my priorities are. So I don't really set goals as much as I do like priorities. And this could be, you know, when you design your timeline, it's like, when are your kids going to be out of high school? Like, what, you know, what do you and your wife want to do, you know, in five or five year anniversary or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, it's bringing all that stuff in together and just basically letting it flow through you without having to feel like it's a structured to-do list. Like your goals are better off being part of your story. Like horses are a big part of my story. If you look at my yeah. Instagram page, it's like horses, you know, and that was one of the things is, is when I, you know, I, a phase of my wealth plan was actually, I was spending a lot of money on horses, okay. money that I could have put in the stock market. Right. I don't have one single regret about that because I was going through, you know, I was competing in dressage and jumping at the time of my life, right? So, you know, absolutely things like that for okay. goal setting for sure. I'm so intrigued. I can, because I mean, I do, my, my own goal setting approach has has morphed or evolved quite a bit over the years. And I, I feel like it's right now where I'm at, It's it's almost, I'd say, the majority kind of behavioral yeah. like priorities and so forth. Yeah. And, um, but again, there's, there's, I'm sure your system, it like just adds a whole other level of awesome to the experience, uh, which I can't wait. I'm, I'm really going to look into the program uh, myself personally. Yeah. Um, 
where do we go from here? What about some of the, like, just to provide good context, are there any other use cases or myths that you see come up often that, you know, you, you know, would probably resonate with someone uh, listening over here that we can, we can kind of pick apart a little bit just to get people thinking around, hey, there's another, there's another side to whatever that story is that we're telling ourselves. Yeah. Well, I think uh, probably the biggest thing is stop thinking that money, stop associating time with money and thinking that it's going to take you a certain amount of time with money. So the biggest money block, in my opinion, is that we link it to linear time. So what we do is we say, you know, going back to that goal example, $10 million is going to, you know, take me a year to make $10 million. Well, why? Like, yeah. you know, uh, 50 years ago, it took someone a year to make a million dollars because they had to go out, they had to like go out to the job and put the hours in and all that. You can make a million dollars in a second online now. So yeah. we already know that's true. So we've already defied time. And I think all of us also, especially the ones that are really in tune with their own energy and going into the body and things like that, there is an acceleration factor going on. There is this feeling out there right now of, oh my gosh, like, look at what just happened to me and it's only been three months or look at just what, look at what happened in this year. And so what we're doing though, is we're, bra we're still bringing in this element of someone back then told us it was going to take three years to do a business or someone back then told us it was going to take 10 years to establish a wealth plan. I know because those were my beliefs too. Mm -hmm. I had that belief. I was like, it will take me 10 years to be able to do this. No. Now yeah. that I know how to do it, I'm like, no, no, no. I can show you how to do it in three if you're really ready, right? Yeah. Are you really ready? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so true though. Like so many times throughout this conversation where you've brought up, brought up like examples like that, I just can't help but nod my head like, oh yeah, yeah, I've heard that one too. And even just thinking of the business kind of ride, it's there's just some standard, like stereotypical, takes five years to really, you know, build this business and see the certain level of like, that's the average. And, and maybe there's some, some truth to that, but why I think the theme is on all of this, why limit ourselves to something fixed like that? Yeah. You know, it's not being delusional that or it's not like we're ignoring averages or data or something like that, but there's always an exception. Like, why well, not allow that in? You're exactly right. You're exactly right. Why? We don't get any extra credit for yeah. saying it's going to take us a year. Like, what are we thinking? Like, <laughs> and it's not any more delusional to say, I actually, you're more likely to get the money in if you look at your life now. This is a question, right? Ask, why can't I open myself to receiving $10 million today? Where is that block? That is a huge, huge question that will move mountains for people. If you really, if you really dial down to that. And also you've already proven to yourself that you have no idea how long it's going to take you to get money. Because if you look at your life in reverse and you look at like, if you, if you bring up in your mind, just conjure up like two times, three times where like money has come into your life and you're like, whoa, you know, I didn't expect that. Or wow, that was great. It never happened in the time that you thought. Never. <laughs> yeah. You're so right. <laughs> oh, this is great. This is great. 
Uh, okay, I want to. I definitely want to ask you about just your overall. We'll, we'll call it mental fitness or well-being. Like the, I mean, we're obviously talking a lot about money, but everything is linked. And you've you've made this point several times around just like you being in flow and feeling good and so forth. So, yeah. on a database basis, like what are some of those practices or rituals? What what do those look like for you? Well, I mean, just even before I got on this call, so you know, I'll do like a couple of just you know opening, maybe a little bit of kundalini yoga, maybe, mm. you know, five minutes or something just to kind of like get the, everything going up and down the spine. Um, definitely. Uh, I did, you know, meditation this morning. I always sit for 20 minutes and just like sitting practice because that's like, as we all know, that stops the noise, right? That's what lets yeah. the, the universe in. Um, Is that just sitting that's like nothing in your ears, just paying yeah. attention, just being present to your breath or something? Yeah, I just use Insight Timer. I just like turn it on, hear the gong, just, you know, just sit Got there. Got you. 20 yeah. minutes or something. Um, and uh, riding my horses or even mm. when I'm spending time with them. Um, horses are amazing because uh, they're they're very spiritually connected animals. Yeah. Like, and they they feel emotions. So yeah. your heart actually sinks with a, with a horses, like then you get within four feet. So they know. So when I'm riding them, especially, like I have to keep my emotions checked at the door. And so that's a really amazing thing that I do. Um, now that I have land, um, and I'm, I'm, I actually live out on, um, land, I created a path. And so every single day I walk the land and I just feel the land. I'm just like so grateful because my family, actually, they've been in this area since the late 1800s. So it's like, wow, that's one of the reasons I came back here too, because I was like, I wanted to see the world through my grandfather's eyes. My grandfather was a big mentor for me. And I thought, Okay. Yeah. You know, my my human design is that, you know, things are opening up for me at 50, right? And so I'm not there yet, but I'm close and I'm like, okay. I'm almost like honoring the stage, right? And I also yeah. I was like, okay, I'm going to be in the best shape of my life when I turn 50. I I'm already there. So it's just like these things and I do these when I when I actually go like like I love to like weight train. When I okay. go, I don't think about, okay, I'm weight training. I think about I am calling in more energy because it goes back to originally what I said. Abundance comes in because every time I sit down in the chair, I'm full flow value. If I am not managing my energy, then I can't be full flow value. So the full flow value is not my job. My job is to open to it. Do you know yes, what I mean? Yes. Yes. Oh, that's incredible. I mean, I, we're, we're, running up on time here, but I mean, I've got a million questions. We could definitely continue forever. Well, you'll have to come back on. I'll have to do a part two. We can use me as a little bit of a case study yeah, uh, potentially as well. Love to. Because uh, I feel, I do feel like, you know, I, I put so much effort and I think you, you labeled this properly, so much effort around relationships and my own mental fitness and helping others and so forth, obviously down that path. And not that it's ignored, but it's, there's just a, it's like the, it's like the little cousin there that is just, it doesn't get along very well with me. It's like how I kind of see money, which is such, I think, A, if I'm speaking truthfully, a disservice to myself. Um, and, and then of course it hold I think it holds me back from, you know, delivering my highest potential and the ripple effect of, of the work that I'm trying to put out there for others. So it's, it's definitely something, it's scary on my side, but also something that uh, I just, I want to work through. So 
Yeah. I'm so glad because, you know, I mean, what, what, what you're speaking about there, it's, it's just merging into one and we're all merging into one, which is why we're awakening to the fact that we are not going to like bifurcate these different energies in different areas because that like, it's almost like once we know it, we can't unknow it because right. It doesn't make Mm -hmm. sense anymore. Right. Yeah. 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 Totally. Totally. (laughs) Uh, Last question for you. What, what makes you smile each day? Oh gosh. Um, I would say, uh, probably looking out on the land, um, I'm remodeling my, uh, grandparents' house and, uh, it's incredible. I look, I look out, you know, one side of it and I see like the sunrise and there's no, there's just trees. And I look out the other side and I see the sunset and I put yeah. my horses out there. So I would say definitely that the abundance in my life is incredible and it, it's, Money to me and abundance and seeing the sun and all of that, like they just kind of all flow. They just kind of all feel the same. Like the more that I'm appreciating and looking out the window at the sun, the more abundance and money I'm actually going to bring in because I'm then residing in a different frequency and again, those opportunities. So I would definitely say that. Incredible. Well, thank you. I mean, thank you for your time today and for for having this conversation, but a higher thank you for just you being you and you you putting out this kind of work into the world. Because as you know, I mean, just the ripple effect of of helping people shift their perspective and educating and bringing in just different views to what's possible has so much, so much impact around the world in, in ways uh, I'm sure both of us can't even imagine, but it's, we know it's happening. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you for saying that. Thank you. I really appreciate that. You know, that's, I think that's what you and I and so many people are here to do. It's like, that's the joy, right? Mm-hmm. It's just letting it flow through and then letting it flow through other people. And it's just, that's what we're here for. 